You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. All right, folks, welcome to part two of the uh, New York City Tone Mob episodes. This was uh, both recorded, both of these next clips were recorded at Fear the Riff there in Brooklyn. So it's a, it's a little noisy. It's a little condensed uh, outside of the normal kind of uh, thing that we do. But hey, why not mix it up once in a while, right? So yeah, these were recorded in the parking lot of the expo at Fear the Riff. And um, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Kind of a, an interesting little little experiment. I guess we would call it. But I should also let you know that this is... <sighs> I've lost my powers of speech, apparently. This episode is sponsored by Sinusoid. Sinusoid custom guitar cables. You know that Andy and Anthony and all the guys over there, they work really hard to bring you the best cables in the business with the best customer service, and they're guaranteed for a 100 years. So... Why not give Sinusoid a try? They support the show. They're members of the community and they're, I just, I can't say enough good about that company or the people that work for it or the products they make. So check them out at sinusoid.com and, you know, show them a little love. Okay. On with the first clip, which will be, I'll be talking to Tony Schreiber from Pedal Genie. We kind of describe how all that went down, and, uh, well, you see. Here it is. All right, hey, guys. We're outside the Fear of the Rift Expo again. I'm here uh, with Tony Schreiber of Pedal Genie. Uh, for whatever reason, him and I have been designated the... Uh, what, what are we calling it? The, we're the critics, bro. We're the critics? I'm the critic. I've never been a critic before. This is news. I usually say forget what the critics say, but uh, in this case, I guess we're going to pick the winner, but we're not going to do that right now. We're going to talk about the show. We're going to talk a little bit about Pedal Genie, and uh, since these are condensed podcasts that we're doing, just kind of give us a background of uh, like your musical background, and oh yeah, I should say, we are mentioned, uh, crouched behind yet again the uh, Jeep Compass <laughs> In the most professional recording environment that you could possibly yeah, this imagine. Yeah, an interesting interview. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, my listeners will tell you I'm the epitome of professionalism at all, all times. Right. Uh, <laughs> so this is very par for the course. <laughs> um, but so, Tony, kind of tell me a little bit about yourself and, you know, how, what, what you're doing and how it led to Pedal Genie. Uh, you know, as, you can go into as much detail as you want. All right. Um, I kind of had, I guess, a roundabout way into where I am. Um, in my teens, I was a keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like samplers and synthesizers and MIDI and anything like like that. Right. That was that was my life for a long time. Uh, I kind of moved away from music and got into computer programming mm-hmm. and the internet. Uh, I worked for an ISP, did development and things like that. 
that all led to me working for somebody who was opening a music store. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit I'm skipping, but you know, it's a condense a little bit. Understand. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Shep, who owns the music store, is one of my partners in Pedal Genie, uh, and we were kicking around ideas on uh, what to rent. Uh, Shep was looking at all the guitars on the wall in the store, going kind of fretting uh, yeah. that they're sitting there not being used. You know, I mean, it's a lament I think a lot of store owners have. You of know, course. There's all this inventory and it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, guitars, obviously, though, aren't the, really the best thing to kind of ship around repeatedly. Of course not. Uh, and at the same time, we were starting to build a selection of pedals because we were trying to be one of the uh, biggest sellers in South Florida where we're located mm -hmm. of boutique pedals and different things. Even to this day, we're still one of the only Strymon dealers in Florida. Wow. Okay. So, uh, so those things kind of came together. It was like, well, why don't we rent pedals? We can buy more pedals. We can get more than anybody and we can rent them and we'll do it like a subscription, mm -hmm. which nobody had done yet. Right. Uh, you know, so a traditional pedal rental would cost you $20, $30 a week. Uh, we're like, well, we can probably do close to that for a month mm -hmm. and get them to keep coming back and trying pedals. Um, so we launched Pedal Genie in early 2014 mm -hmm. at uh, South by Southwest. Um, sounds about right when I seen you. Okay. Okay. That sounds right. Um, oh, I got this tattoo there when I was in Austin. There you go. To commemorate the, uh, the, my commitment to Pedal Genie. There you go. Yeah. That's a little, I mean, not that people can see it, but it's, uh, the tattoo is of a, like a, I call it a cable snake. It's gotcha. Like a gotcha. Yeah. Cable that looks like a snake. Mm -hmm. It's actually the same tattoo that's on the genie logo. Nice. So okay. It's kind of a little subtle meta thing that I kind of like. Hey, you know, I, get, I dig it. I dig <laughs> it. Um, so after launching Pedal Genie, I was honestly a little ignorant of pedals. I mean, I knew what they were, what they did, whatever, but I didn't yet really understand the intricacies and the differences and the, the subtleties mm -hmm. thereof. Um, so that was like a crash course, you know, now 2000 pedals later, <laughs> I can pretty much tell you everything you might want to know. Right. Um, and in the process, uh, became a guitar player, but then a bass player. Oh, okay. So you transformed. So, Did you ever use pedals on keys just because that's uh, where you started? No, because that, that was like, that was like an old me, like 20 years ago oh, okay. on keyboards. Yeah. You right. Know? I mean, I still have a couple things now, but I hadn't really started to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I probably have a larger bass pedal board than most people nice. would ex Well, maybe not. They wouldn't expect of me <laughs> right. specifically, but of any bass player. Your yeah, average I, bass player, right? Yeah. I do feel a little self-conscious rolling in somewhere with my big-ass pedal board. <laughs> oh, that's the bass player. <laughs> this but, guy really likes his tone. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I need to have a little playground. You know, I need to have, uh, you know, I need to learn my own things and what I like. I've, I've seen that before. I, I wish I could remember where I'm... It was on one of the gear forums, probably 2013, and it's still to this day, I wish I would have saved the photo, one of the most impressive boards I've ever seen from just the selection of stuff the guy had, but the cleanliness and the tightness of the setup was insane. Like, mm -hmm. and it was huge. It was, of course, I love huge boards, so, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, it was, to this day, in like a... I still joke about it with someone like, dude, best board I've ever seen was, on a, awesome. was a bass player's board. It was, right. it was killer. I love, I mean, I, the whole, you know, all the things in my background, technical nature and kind of the, just the way I am in detail or Twitter. I love building boards. Mm -hmm. I love organizing. 
you know, and I'll bring a pedal home and go, oh no, I have to rearrange my pedal board today. Shoot. Yeah. Oh shoot, pull yeah. off all the cables, pull everything out, just start over from scratch again. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of cathartic, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of weird. I haven't, I some people know this, I haven't had a regular board set up, and, well, until recently. I, I had this mini board and my challenge was to cram as much on it as I possibly could. But until then, I hadn't had a normal board set up for a long time. Every band practice, I just like go to my obsessive collection of pedals and be like, I want this, 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 and this. Throw it all in a box. <laughs> Take it to the practice. Like, just a second, guys. Be here for 30 minutes while See, I... That's exactly uh, why you build a board, right? I know. So you don't have to do that. Yeah, but then like, but if I built a board, then it would be the same. Like, oh, I'd have to tear it apart. Every, I don't like to commit that much, but... Uh, no, it's 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 going that way. Um, I'll have a actually a legit board here. I keep saying this, but I'll I'll have one pretty soon. Awesome. Um, I have I, I'm starting to narrow down to like, okay, I can only gig or play or whatever with these fourteen pedals. <laughs> so bad, so bad. Um, well, I'm on to I'm on to a second board now. Okay, but this isn't necessarily a playing board. I have to make an entire like vanity pedal board. Of course, we're doing like uh, we're doing a lot of custom pedals now. You know, uh, custom colors from certain manufacturers. Oh, right, right. Or exclusive things like that. So I kind of want to have one of everything of those that we're doing on a board. Of course, even if I'm not playing it. My favorite is uh, we have uh, the Origin Cali 76 Compact mm -hmm. Deluxe. We have it in a purple and a blue with the blue aluminum knobs or the purple. I love it. It's amazing looking, and I just mm -hmm. want to have one because because it's amazing looking. Yeah, <laughs> how indicative are they? Like, especially like I come from a guitar player background, and so naturally pedals kind of entered the picture not super early, but relatively early. You come from playing the keys and then kind of translating into guitar and bass. Like, is it, are they really as addicting as they seem? Like, when you come from an outside, it's just like... Um, yeah, you know, the the choices you have are unlimited. Yeah. You know, well... Especially it, now. You have 2,000 choices. With oh. <laughs> but th there's so many brands we don't have. Mm -hmm. You know, we're adding more all the time, but it's... Uh, what's the name for a task like you do, but can never never actually gets done? There's a... It's like a Greek... Uh, tragedy thing. I, I, don't I don't know. I think it's but called it's insanity. Like, but uh, well, it's kind of like that. You know, we'll never have them all, but we're trying. <laughs> yeah, we give it the best shot. You can. Yeah, of course. That's fantastic. So, so how does the since we're talking about your company and talking about things real quick, since we are on a little bit limited time here, like right. how does Pedal Genie operate? You know, and maybe how is it different than maybe some of the other services out there? And um, like, just give the the lay of the land, so all to right. speak. The, the yeah. key difference is the subscription. Mm -hmm. uh, you're paying a subscription per month that gives you access to our library of 2,000 plus pedals. Um, you build a wish list. Um, the wish list is really important for us because that wish list, that all that aggregate demand from all of our members on all of their wish list helps us know what to buy. Mm -hmm. You know, um, out of those 2,000 pedals, there are going to be a few where we might not have any copies because. Nobody's ever wanted one of those. Right. But then there are other pedals where we have 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 copies of something mm -hmm. uh, because the demand is so high. Right. So you build a wish list. Um, we send you a pedal from that list. Uh, if you like it, you can buy it at a discount. Mm -hmm. We try to be really favorable with our discounts because if we put that pedal in your hand, it's great to just let you keep it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't like it, you're like, that's the worst pedal ever or even if you just don't like it at all. <laughs> uh, or it wasn't quite right. I think I want to try something else. 
send it back. We send you, uh, you've got return packaging and label already in your thing. You put it back in the package, send it back, and we send you something else from your wish list. There you go. And you repeat. Rinse until, and repeat. Until you've filled your pedal board or you found that one missing fuzz or that particular reverb you were mm, after and, and then you're done there's no minimum monthly commitment or anything like that okay cool uh and we have two specials right now for the show uh if you start a standard subscription which is 39.95 a month mm -hmm. that includes all shipping if you start a standard subscription anytime you buy a pedal during the course of your subscription you get the next month for free okay cool so you could get all year free if you wanted if you bought a pedal every <laughs> uh and then we also have another uh, offer where our flex subscription, which is $20 a month, but doesn't include the cost of shipping. You pay $14 per shipment. Mm -hmm. That's specifically for people who want to keep pedals for longer. Got it. You know, you know, that way you're not paying $40 a month and not turning it over. Mm -hmm. uh, you're just paying 20 because maybe you want to spend a month or two or three with it. Um, so our other offer is buy any used pedal from us right now and get a free month of flex. Cool. Cool. Right on. Right on. Well, that's, uh, that's the brief and condensed version. Uh, normally we try to do these in hour slots, but as I said, we're crouched behind a Jeep compass, so um, we'll probably better get back to the show. But before we do, I should I, I should ask you the classic Tone Mob question, um, which is, uh, Tony, um, what kind of pizza do you like? Um, meat lovers? Meat lovers, Sausage, yeah. bacon, ham, mm -hmm. whatever. As much meat as possible. Bacon. Any particular crust, style, location, Blah blah blah. Um, I like a th thin, crispy crust. Mm -hmm. um, I've got two weird things that happen. Depends on what kind of phase I'm in. One is I like to take the end of the crust and dip it in soda. Oh, oh, uh, like a Coke, like Coke. yeah, like Coke uh, specifically. When right. I was younger, my dad used to do that with beer. Now that I'm I like, think I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, but I was younger at the time. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna dug in my soda, and, and if it's the, the soda's right and the crust has that kind of um, the right texture, Spongy, yeah. You know, not soft, but that kind of fo open foam looking kind of right, crust. Right, right. Soda just gets in there. It's delicious. <laughs> but then the other time I eat, I don't eat the crust at all. I just scrape all the toppings off and eat all the meat. And I I've been there myself. <laughs> I there's a there's a particular place that I've had to eat pizza. It sounds weird to say this because I love pizza so much, but I've had to eat pizza from this one place because of you know various circumstances. Uh, and I'm like, this crust is, it's terrible. It's terrible. Like, I'd rather put it on, like, a piece of, like, white bread than this crust. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, like, just take a fork and just shave it off. Like, the pepperoni is never bad. Like, come on, let's get the pepperoni and cheese. But, yeah, I've, I've had that experience. I try to forget about it, but had it more than I'd like to. Yeah. I can vouch for the pile of pizza sauce, meat, and cheese. That's yeah. a good. It's a good meal. But, well, I'll let you get back to the show. Um, Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to talk, and we'll try to narrow down this critics' choice thing that we've yes, been sir. tasked with. All right. Take care. Thanks. So there you go. I mean, that's kind of an uh, an interesting company that we've all kind of discussed before, and now you know a little more uh, behind the scenes info, so to speak. So this uh, next clip, I actually talk with somebody I definitely got to get on for a longer form interview, but uh, Florian Schneider, he is an active member of the community. He's, as you will hear, currently building me a guitar that I'm super excited about. He runs Millimetric Instruments, and um, you know we have a little uh, we have a little discussion about that. And uh, he has a very uh, very cool design perspective. If you guys haven't checked out his work, I 
highly suggest you do so. But I also want to take this brief moment to remind you that this episode is also brought to you by Adventure Audio. You know Adventure Audio, you know Christian. We got something dropping on the 27th, as I've mentioned and hinted at here and there. October 27th, make sure you're signed up for the Tone Mob email list. We're going to be plugging something limited and extremely special and extremely cool. I'm very, very excited about um, this has been a little bit more of an ambitious project um, than some in the past, and uh, I'm really, really excited how it turned out and, and uh, want you guys to see that. So, yep, Adventure Audio. You can check them out at adventurepedals.com. While you're there, make sure you get on his email list as well. He sneaks all kinds of goodies on there that actually people never see often because the email subscribers snatch them up before it goes on social or anything. So check them out, adventurepedals.com, and make sure you're subscribed to both our email lists for all the goods. All right, without further ado, here is the episode with Florian Schneider of Millimetric Instruments. All right, everybody, we're here again. Uh... This time we're not crouched behind the compass. We're what kind of vehicle are we behind? CRV, that? I think. Yeah, we got a Honda CRV that we're <laughs> that we're behind uh, outside Fear the Riff, um, trying to recover from the noise and the wonderful uh, craziness that we've oh, been yeah. experiencing. I'm here with Florian Schneider. Uh, been talking about his guitars. He's yeah, he's building millimetric instruments, guitars. Yeah, instruments. Instruments. You yeah, like yeah, instruments? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like instruments because I'm. I not only make guitars. Well, right now I only make bass and guitars, but I, I also make like stands, bellboards, and but I don't make them right now because I'm swamped in guitar right. orders, yeah. <laughs> which is a good yeah, problem. That's to a good have. problem to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for mine. Just yeah, super yeah. stoked on super it. Super soon. Oh man. <laughs> we'll not talk about that too much. Yeah. I'm just gonna pretend that I don't have a guitar coming and everything's fine. <laughs> Uh, but we were just, just talking off air, like, because I've seen your name both ways. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of interesting. I know that has nothing to do with guitars, but it's still kind of interesting, even though we're trying to do these kind of condensed and short and sweet yeah. out in the parking lot. So so talk about the two names you use and why currently in the gear well, Schne- Schneider is kind of my stage name, so... Um, uh, I oh. found him! Oh, uh, we got some guys! <laughs> We're out here recording a podcast and two guys show up. Uh, hold on, guys. We'll pause this real quick. I can back and all direct things. Okay, and we're back. We had to get some uh, unofficial Tone Mob business out of the way real quick. <laughs> this is what happens when you record in a parking lot. Yeah, Because I'm a super pro, as we've discussed multiple times <laughs> oh. today. Um, so Schneider, your stage name. Sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, it's kind of a stage name because uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't want you to use uh, my real name, which is uh, Buyu, uh, mm-hmm. which might sound weird for <laughs> you guys. Us un- un- uncultured Americans. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> and I, I wanted to use Schneider because uh, it sounded better and it's, uh, more related to what I was doing before, which were was was. Um, graffiti and art in general like painting right so uh, yeah I started using that when I was doing that and when I started doing guitars I, I kept it because I think it was funny that it reminded also of, a, of the the guy from Kratberg so it's kind of <laughs> funny I get, I get some some uh, some people mentioning that uh, right 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 yeah, here and there so it's, it's kind of funny nice, nice. That's, why, that's why I kept it cool I dig it. So your guitars, obviously, 
and I know this is very intentional because they're completely different than yeah anything else out there. Where do you get inspiration from? Because they're well, they're modern looking, but not so polarizing as some other ones that are trying to do the same thing. And it just kind of rubs us guys who like are more vintage fans it the wrong way, like yeah. myself. I'm like, look, yours like these look sick, you know? Yeah. Well, there, there's there's a rule I try to apply it all the time when I design a guitar is that um, I try to say to myself, it has to look different, but it has to look like a guitar, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you look at a, I don't know, uh, 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 some '80s guitars or right. weird headless stuff, and I'm like. Yeah, that's new, but it's it doesn't look like a guitar, you know. It's, right. <laughs> it's, it looks like like the tall of the thing. Yeah. So I always try to design stuff in with keeping in mind that it has to look like a guitar. It has to respect some of the codes mm-hmm. of the body shape and of the pick guards and of the the controls. But at the same time, trying to like my headstock, for example, is like pretty much like a, an old Martin headstock. Mm-hmm. If you do the, just the outline. It will be really close to uh, to to Martin and stuff. Right, right. So, and I I got other influence. Uh, like for the first guitar that I ever built was uh, Obstructure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were of those. I don't think uh, so. It's all aluminum guitars. It's a a collective of designers and um, and they do guitars, but also um, uh, to, uh, some like small tools and uh, oh, okay. they're, they're really designers, uh, architects and uh, stuff like that. So uh, and they designed the guitar like about around 13, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and I came across that because they were one of the guys was playing in a band called uh, New Brutalism, mm-hmm. which was highly influenced by uh, Steve Albini and Shellac, right? Which I'm. I'm a big nerd <laughs> when it comes to to that guy and uh, and uh, that kind of band and that kind. So we should talk about harmonic percolators for a little while then. Uh, I'm, well, <laughs> funnily enough, I'm not I'm not really into harmonic percolator. I'm really into the other thing that he uses, which is the the Enter Sound IVP, mm-hmm. which is his preamp and the ba- and the and the Fender basements. Right. Uh, percolator is a is a really nice fuzz. But to me, that's not the, the part of the sound that I like from Steve Albini. Right, right, right. I like the, the bright, scorching sound, and the, the percolator is more the part where he uses the, all the crazy feedback mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Which is what so. I think of when I think of that. Well, stuff. yeah, and it's and it's it's, it's a good part of, of that, but that's not what I'm firstly uh, attracted to. So. Right, right. But yeah, I, I have I have a few percolators. So. <laughs> yeah. So no, not to distract from that. And I, Sorry, tra- and I just picked up um, uh, the dude incredible from. Uh, I was just going to ask yeah. you <laughs> from John from Electronic. Yeah, because I, yeah. I had some uh, transistors laying around from when I was trying to uh, do a, a percolator clone, mm-hmm. and I had some spare transistors. So I get uh, we do some kind of a partial trade. On right, the, right, right. And, uh, and I got yeah, I got the nice. new pedal, and I. Excited to try it. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. I just tried it earlier today. It's yeah, yeah, amazing. yeah. It seems. Yeah, I tried it, but it's really hard to hear it is. anything in the, in that venue. So, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a challenge being. Uh, it's great for packing people in, but it's a little tough on the acoustic yeah, 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 side yeah, of it. But yeah. that's kind of like how. Them, but it's even 
louder. I've never been to Nam, but it's it's. I don't know if it's loud. It's not necessarily louder. Like my ears aren't ringing like they are after Nam. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's just the wash. I think it's just the wash. Yeah, that gets overwhelming. Uh, but I think it's just the nature of the venue. After like kind of like <laughs> like talking to talking to him about it, it's like I don't like maybe we could hang some curtains over here. Maybe yeah, yeah. Like, they should have. They should have like hang some. Uh, some sound uh, treatment mm-hmm. over the, the ceiling so it doesn't ring like a like a bell yeah I don't think they're used to having a whole bunch of yeah. loud stuff in here yeah. last thing I heard about was like a in here there was like a crafting show yeah so I don't, might might be more like it yeah <laughs> but anyway so yeah the you kind of mentioned architecture in uh, some of your inspiration from uh, oh boy Abstructure. Yeah, abstructure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they they did a, they did the guitar, and my first guitar that I built was highly influenced by them, mm-hmm. uh, which is the MG Six. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so yeah, I, I was really influenced by, by that. And after that, I I designed a few of the models, and I tried to to go the same way, trying to. Um, to to keep the same lines, uh, the same direction about uh, the design, ge- the general design idea. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, I designed a, a single cut and offset the base, and uh, so they, they. I try to always keep the big pig guard uh, yeah. in the middle, uh, and um, like the headstock the, and the neck construction, which is uh, inspired by Travis Bean, mm-hmm. and also from Obstructure because. We both. Yeah, was also influenced by by Travis Bean. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. And after that, yeah, I'm, I studied in graphic design, uh, art, and uh, one of my first roommates in Canada when I moved to from Paris to, to Canada mm-hmm. um, was uh, an industrial designer. Mm-hmm. So I was really influenced by by him and his vision of, of object in in general. Because he's right. a, a, an a industrial designer. Was he, um, as far as as far as you can tell, was he more of a function first type? Yeah, of person? yeah, yeah. 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 Why? Well, when I studied in art, I was really attracted to Bauhaus, mm-hmm. uh, and so that really made uh, that always stayed in my, in my head for for quite a while. And when I started uh, the ca- the cabinet making school. Uh, and starting designing furniture and guitars, I, I was really attracted to to that uh, part of the design. Mm-hmm. So function function first, and um, make it look good, kind of around that. Yeah, it has. Well, my vision is that I, when I design a guitar, it has to look like a guitar, but it has to uh, stay uh, simple and not look fancy. Mm-hmm. You know, it can look a bit fancy, like have a few fancy details, but it has to. It has to stay simple. Mm-hmm. I don't like flame. I don't like you know, uh, pining all over or uh, crazy inlays. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not really in, into that kind of stuff. Uh, I like uh, vintage guitars that has like that, but mm-hmm. I don't see my work going right. that way. You know. Right. Yeah. I <clears throat> I really like uh, one of the things, and it seems it's so simple that it seems dumb that. Not dumb, but like, like, why didn't I think of that, or why haven't I seen that more often? Is your fret markers? 
I love your yeah, print markers. Yeah, well, you, you see them often uh, made another way, and they're usually thicker. Yeah. Uh, I think Paul Roney made... Yeah, he made does the, kind of the thumbnail on, uh, yeah, on well, the list thinker. I think he did some lines at some point, I'm not sure, but I, I saw a few, a few guitars like that. Mm-hmm. But my... Uh, a lot of my de- the details that I have are made because... Um, I'm trying to uh, simplify the, the 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 making the process the process uh, the making process. Right. So uh, those lines are really the easiest way I could make an inlay or line of into a neck. It's when I make the fretboard, uh, I use the same the same blade on the on the table saw, and I just angle the fretboard and and boom, mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a line. But, but a looks- line that doesn't cross all the way over. Right. But so. it looks fantastic. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Well, it, and it came from from my logo too, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of uh, one centimeter. Yeah. Flip over, uh, and so when you have the frets and the fret markers, it kind of kind of uh, you you see you see the the centi- You can see about a, a bit of the centimeter. I think I know what you're going yeah. going with there. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. You talked about the neck. Uh, the neck pocket a little bit. We've we've discussed it kind of on various online parts. I remember you, you said you spent a long time kind of getting that right. It just is visually striking when you turn it over and see how yeah. the neck's mounted. It looks. I don't know. I love looking at it for some reason. Yeah. Well, it's it's it's, uh, it's influenced by Travis Bean, but it's made a different way. And by making it into wood, I can integrate uh, neck angles mm-hmm. into the neck. So and it really frees me to uh, uh, it makes me free to design every shape I want because I don't need an egg pocket in the in the body so the the neck joint is re- can really be anything mm-hmm. because the the neck is is one piece going into the body uh, in half like half of the body so right it's kind of hard to explain when you don't see the yeah, same yeah yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah it is a little bit challenging um, um. so yeah that that neck, neck neck joint is is really practical for for that. Yeah. Well, it also helps it that it looks great. I don't know. Like I said, I, I look at and the look back different, and I'm like, yeah. man, that looks that looks cool. And if for those that, who are listening, you should really go look at the pictures. But it's like this this massive portion of the back of the guitar in a good way, and it looks it looks really cool. And it like I look at it and I think that guitar probably has a lot of sustain. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it, it well, it's it's a bit different uh, than than aluminum. Uh, construction, so you you will get a bit less sustain than aluminium, but it's still it's still it's still a lot more sustaining. There's than, a can rolling towards us. I don't know if it's trying to attack us or not, but it's rolling this way. That's okay. Anyway, but um, yeah, so you, you get and you get also a a, a a guitar that is a lot stiffer mm-hmm. than uh, than usual Fender style guitars mm-hmm. or any any other other neck joint. Right, so that that neck joint has some really good things to it. It's the only problem is that it's really hard to make, and it takes uh, way more wood. So, but I, yeah, it's it's a good it's a I think it's a good problem. It's not. Uh, I've been working with it since uh, six years now, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty pretty happy with the way it works. Very cool. Yeah, cool. it's a good fiction. So you so you've been making guitars for. Yeah. Six years or longer? Six years. Six yeah. years. Uh, I studied uh, furniture building before, uh, which was... Uh, I built my first guitar uh, the last year of my uh, apprenticeship at the, at the school. So uh, it's been 
six, uh, nine years since I started working with wood. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. All right. Well, we've been trying to keep these short and sweet. I definitely want to have you back on for a more sure. traditional, longer form at some point. But uh, I'm not not gonna let you leave until I find out what kind of pizza you like. Ah! <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Uh, pizza. Well, um, it has it has to be something. Well, I, I kind of like the, the pizza that we do with with my with my wife. We we mm-hmm. take like uh, some uh, naan bread mm-hmm. and we just uh, put some pizza sauce on it and uh, some ham. Mostly what we have laying around, right? The, the Whatever house. meats are just there. Yeah, just put it on yeah. There. And we just because that's the way to do uh, something fast and quick to to eat. So I kind of like our pizzas. I like that's it. It's homemade and the yeah, that's the uh, yeah. I dig it. I, 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 uh, but I went to Vancouver for the Vancouver Guitar Show uh, in uh, last June, mm-hmm. and I think I, yeah, there was a pizza called uh, Pizzeria Farini, I think, mm-hmm. and it was so freaking good. Like, <laughs> it was, it was, it was the, the crust was thin, and but they had like some kind of oil on it, and it's it was so good. Nice. So yeah, nice. The, both both of those were, would be my choice. All right, that'll work. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good talking to you. We'll yep, talk to you more same. in depth later. These have been kind of rapid fire. Hopefully, I can get a few more in. I yep. got people showing up to the show, so I don't know. This has been a really weird day for me. <laughs> um, but uh, look forward to talking to you more. Yeah, uh, sure. Thanks, you. Same. Thank you. That's going to do it for this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in. As always, you know I appreciate it. Couldn't do it without you. In fact, there would be absolutely no reason to do this if you guys didn't tune in and listen. So I really appreciate that been a little while since I asked for this, but if you wouldn't mind, if you could take just a couple minutes and sneak over to iTunes and leave a few reviews, that that definitely helps things out uh, across the board. So if you like the show, please sneak on over there and leave a review. That would help immensely. I really appreciate it. So thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk at you next time. And you know the drill by this point. Good luck and good tones. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, 
and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.